Well, we're putting a bookend on our series called Warrior, and we started on Mother's Day. We're finishing on Father's Day. We've been walking through just nine scriptures, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, and we've been talking about the armor of God. The Apostle Paul, who is in chains, in prison, yet has the opportunity to write this letter to the church of Ephesus, here's his encouragement. He says it like this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You and I love willpower. We love our strength. We love to do what we can do in our hands. We're addicted to control. We're addicted to have the last word. We, even since the Garden of Eden, there's something about power. And he invites us to be strong in his mighty power. Not just willpower, but his mighty power. And with, with that, what we do is we... Put on, you don't just think about it, you don't just look at it, you put on, what does that look like? We're gonna talk about that towards the end of this message. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You're not really fighting flesh and blood, even though it comes in that package. Like you have to deal with humanity, but there's always all kinds of undercurrents happening in people's lives. When, when you see someone that's just like so critical all the time, I want you to know that that's just not like just poor, it may not even be poor parenting. It can absolutely be something under the surface, a lack of security, a, a lack of hope, a wound, um, a, a, a feeling of anxiety, worry, and it comes out. The enemy uses that as a scheme to begin to work his work. And the enemy is not like some kind of <laughs> with a handlebar mustache, you know, red spandex with a pitchfork. He is very real and very serious, but he doesn't leave fang marks in your flesh. He leaves lies in your heart. That's his Weaponry, that's his arsenal, that's his schemes. He's not incredibly creative. His lies of lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and the pride of life are pretty much those three key fiery arrows that he wants to fire off at you. And if he can get inside of your heart, meaning the integration of your thoughts and emotions and desires and decisions, um, he can steal, kill, and destroy you one lie at a time. So the Apostle Paul says, look, you can be suited to face these kind of lies. And here's how you suit up. Here's how you put on the full armor of God. And here's what it is. It is all of these different pieces. And it's not some kind of philosophy that you take. It's a person you embrace because all of these things are not just philosophical beliefs. They are a person in Jesus as we allow Jesus to be the truth in our life or Jesus to be covered in his righteousness and, and for us to take up the shield of faith, that it's faith in what he has done, done, not faith in my own faith. Many people struggle with faith because they have faith in their own faith. It's not about the size of your faith. It's what your faith is tethered to. It's tethered and anchored to who he is, not to how much faith you might have because you can have faith of a mustard seed to move a mountain. It doesn't matter the size, but it's gotta be tethered to the right person. The helmet of salvation that protects our minds because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind and the way we think and remember that we are his children from the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Today, we wrap up this seven-week series with talking about all kinds of prayers. From now I lay me down to sleep to rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, to Jesus take the wheel, all kinds of prayers, all kinds of prayers. As a matter of fact, let's just have a quick prayer right now. All locations, just close your eyes. Father, speak to us, encourage us. I pray that you would unbuckle us from some uh, legalistic, stuffy, uh, scared, anxious thoughts about prayer and that we would breathe new life into our prayer life, that you would breathe fresh air into our prayer life. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So this last week on Tuesday, uh, I came home for lunch and Janet surprised me. She said, hey, for Father's Day, I'm actually, uh, I've gotten you and Graham because Sage was gone on a trip I've gotten you and Graham a surprise little trip uh, to the NBA Finals, game six, 
in Boston and you leave in three hours. And I was like, ah! you know, I had to move my calendar around, but I was also excited. Like I love moving my calendar around for that. And sure enough, me and Graham, and it, and it was a great Father's Day gift because it was me and Graham and I got to spend time with my son, father's son, um, and we, we had a blast. But it was, here's the deal, my son and I are uh, Golden State Warrior fans way more than we're Boston Celtics. In fact, we don't even like Boston Celtics. Now, I would say, you know, we're Mavs fans, we like the Rockets, we're, we're Texas, chill out, but, but... We're Golden State Warrior fans. And, and so we uh, went, but we weren't quite prepared to go because it was such a quick trip. And so Graham had grown out of his jersey. He tried it on and it was like, you know, a belly shirt. So it's like, that's not gonna work. So uh, we went to about nine different locations in Boston. We found uh, a hoodie and we found a hat for Warriors and he was decked out and a little nervous. I don't know if you can tell, but this is his nervous face because he was around all these guys they were like warriors and all these expletives and I learned I learned so much I learned curse words that I had never even known before like I was like wow I didn't even know you could put those two together like that's that was creative okay and Graham's like what's that mean I'm like <laughs> sure enough we we got into the game and in the first quarter this is game six and if the Warriors win and they win the whole thing right and if they don't like the they go to game seven so this is a big deal and we are like we are very we feel very lonely in the sea of green I can just tell you tell you that everybody was intense around us here we are uh, just just look at the intensity of this guy right here uh, he's intense he's intense I got a kid next to me dropping bombs, I kid you not, with their dad going, easy, don't say that word right now. But after about the third quarter, they're all just saying whatever they're gonna say. And, and, and finally, we get to the moment where it's the very end, and they win, and this is Graham. He's like, yeah! But, but, but I can tell you, he was pumped, but he was nervous. We got on the subway to go to the TD Gardens, and he was, he was only blue and yellow in the entire, see, like, if one of us is gonna get beat up, it's gonna be him. I, I, I mean, I've gotta carry him back. I'm the adult, so I just wore you know, neutral colors. But, but, but he's like in the subway and he's got his Golden State Warriors hat and he's looking down. I'm like, don't, don't you lift, don't you put your chin up. You're gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay. But he, like, he had to suit up for the game. He had to represent. He had to put the right colors on the right because he was gonna be that. And he, won. he had the victory and it was an awesome Father's Day gift and probably even greater gift for, for Graham to see them win. He suited out to represent his team. And when we put on the full armor of God, it's part of representing really who Jesus is, not only to, to the person in the mirror, but to those around us uh, to suit up. You know, Superman, he has his uniform that's hidden underneath the suit and the tie and the glasses. Um, Batman can't wear his uniform around underneath his clothes, so he has to keep it uh, up and down in the Batcave. But for you and me, when it comes to the armor of God, it's not about a certain color. It's not about how we jump into the phone booth and open it up on a Sunday morning. Uh, the armor of God hangs in the prayer closet. All of the armor of God and how we put it on, it all hangs in your prayer closet. Now, proverbially, I'm saying closet in representation of your life. We suit up with the armor of God through prayer. Now, don't get it twisted. Just because prayer is at the very end, it's not like a PS. Oh, by the way, don't forget to turn off the lights when you leave. It's not a PS, oh yeah, and you know, pray, la, 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 blah, 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 bada bing, bada bang. It, prayer is not like the last resort. It ought to be the first response. And I wonder how many of us, we, we kind of have maybe grown up, whether we've been in church or not, where prayer becomes kind of the last resort, where we've done all that we can do, and then finally we start praying. God invites us into a relationship that prayer is our first response. It's our first reaction, not our last resort, not the, oh, let's just one last grenade, just throw a Hail Mary and pray. As a matter of fact, you may want to write it down like this. Uh, prayer is positioned at the apex of the armor. It's the pinnacle. It's the mountaintop. It's the Everest. It's, it's all of this that culminates into putting it on through prayer. Why is prayer so important? Well, here it is. Prayer is the key 
It unlocks the door. It is the key to everything I should do and everything I should be. I don't understand my God-given design, my God-given purpose, my God-given potential without prayer. I don't understand who I am and whose I am without prayer. I don't know the intentions of my own heart and attitude without prayer. The Bible says, search me, O God. Find anything that's not of you in there. Does God really have to search you to find that? No, he already knows it. But we invite him through prayer, search my heart, so that he can put a searchlight onto the areas, the chasms, the caves in our heart where we've allowed bitterness, offense, criticism, judging to become bitterness, to become something that creates a wound in our heart. And we say, search me, oh God. It's the key to everything I should do and everything I should be. The disciples follow Jesus and they could have asked him when they said, teach us. They could have said, would you teach us how to walk on water? That was a pretty cool little trick you did there. Can you teach us how to turn water into wine? Everybody would love that. Can you, turn us, can you teach us how to like, make, make, uh, feed thousands through this just tiny little to-go box? Can, can you teach us how to do that? No. When the disciples, they saw something so powerful beyond feeding 5,000 and beyond raising the dead and beyond casting out demons and beyond uh, changing water into wine, they saw something so powerful in Jesus' own prayer life that they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us how you do that. How arrogant of us to think that prayer is just kind of a rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our plate. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. It's way beyond that. It's something that invites us to be vulnerable, surrendered, and open with the creator of the cosmos. Teach us to pray. How arrogant that Jesus would take time to pray and it's really hard for us to make or find the time. Now, why is that the case? Why can it be difficult for people to have a consistent prayer life? I'll tell you why. I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. That's a good question. <laughs> Here, here's why it's so hard for people to have a consistent prayer life. Because unfortunately, prayer has become a landmine for legalism. Because if it doesn't look a certain way, sound a certain way, if it doesn't portray a certain thing, if it doesn't have a certain, I mean, you can't even do it in regular English. Like if you're going to pray, you got to pray as thy will be done, thou's King James Version. And all of a sudden, you feel less than because you don't know what to say or how to say or how often to say it. You, you, you run out of things to pray. Has anybody ever been there? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. As a matter of fact, sometimes when we, when we get into the habit of praying, we feel like if, if I'm silent in a moment, then all of a sudden that's bad. And so we fill, you know how you fill a conversation with um and uh and um and uh, if you don't really know what you're saying, you can kind of uh, say um and you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying and uh, right? You kind of fill, we do that in prayer too. It sounds a whole lot more spiritual, but we still do it as well because we just don't have a lot to say. But we're saying, dear Father God, Lord Jesus, God, Father God, Lord Jesus. You ever hear anybody pray like that? Dear Father God, Lord Jesus God, I just pray, Father God, Lord Jesus God, that you would just God, Father Lord. <laughs> Basically, we're saying, um, God, uh, 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 um, God. And you know what? You don't talk, I don't talk to Janet like, Janet, Janet, dear wife, Janet. Oh, Janet, hot Janet. Would you just, Janet, oh, please, Janet. Can you please, Janet? Thank you, Janet. Like, like she's like, shut up. I know who I am, Okay. <laughs> And like, is, but there's something about like, we want to make sure I had a genuine guy come to me. He saw me in um, a restaurant in Lufkin and he came to me and said, I have a question. How, how should you start your prayer? Like, how do we start our prayer? Like, do you, like if you start with Jesus, is that wrong? I said, honestly, you know, Jesus shows us that you pray our father in heaven, but here's really what is, here's what he's meaning. Start with honesty. Doesn't matter about the word you start with. Just start. Just start. It's not like you say, Holy Spirit, he says, nah, 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 nah. I said, start with our Father. Then I'll, and then I'll listen. Like he's, he's not that emotionally unstable. He's not unstable. He's a rock. And he can handle whether you say, dude, he knows the intention of your heart. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that's all I can say. 
He knows what you're saying. My kids have buried their head in my shoulder. Being hurt and wounded by this world. And just cry. And without any words spoken, I know exactly what they're saying. Because I'm listening to them when they're talking to me. That's how God is with you. And it's been a landmine of legalism where it's got to be a certain time in the morning or a certain time at night. It's got to sound a certain way. It's got to be a certain thing. If you don't open your Bible and put your cup of coffee and take a picture and put it on Instagram because nobody's really had their quiet time unless everybody knows about it on Facebook. It's a landmine for legalism. And Jesus is inviting you and me, strip all that away. And let's just talk to God. Just talk to God in the good and the bad and the ugly. And here's what's so crazy that an enemy would want to lie to you about. Here's another scheme. So many people, when the going gets tough, they stop going to God, afraid of God. When really, when the going gets tough, you can run to God. You can fall into his arms. You're not strong. He's not waiting for you like, buck up, soldier. Many of you got that because you had a dad that had a high expectation, a high situation. You better do it this way and you better get the academics and you better hit that ball and you better make that grade. And you better not screw it up again. And all of a sudden that performance based to make dad happy, you're trying to make dad happy, even in prayer. So let me unpack a couple legalistic pieces and encourage you today. Number one, uh, praying doesn't guarantee I will get more blessings, okay? So as you pray, your heat on it doesn't mean like all of a sudden because you hit a certain decibel level that then God will pour out the blessing, all right? But here's what will happen. I will notice the blessings I've already received as I pray more. The more I pray, I begin to notice the blessings. The old hymn in 1897 penned, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. There's something about the capacity for all of us to count all of, how do I say it, crap in our lives. It's easy to count the junk, to count the enemies, to count the, to count the stuff. It's easy to count. God's inviting us to count our blessings, to be thankful to truly see and not be legalistic about that. I will notice the blessings I've already received and there's something about that that brings a, a stability and a comfort. Hey, praying isn't about proving to God I really want it as though God is waiting for you to say the magic word or that, hey, I didn't pray hard enough, that's why I didn't get healed or you must have some kind of secret sin in your life tucked away there so if you don't pray harder to get rid of that secret sin or that, even that, that, that generational hand-me-down that you've been hanging on to, like, like, like uh, as though like something else is more powerful than Jesus. There's nothing more powerful than Jesus. And we can get so legalistic that we're trying to, to you know, like um, get, prove ourselves so that finally God, that we really want it. And so he'll say, okay, now that you want it, I'll go ahead and give it to you. No, 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 no. Here's what prayer does. It draws us closer to the one who really wants me. So no matter what I get, no matter what I ask for, if all I have at the end of it is a God who wants me just as I am, saved by grace through faith then that's all I need. He wants you. He wants you. Even when you're not okay, he wants you. He's after you. He's got his eye on you. He loves you. Praying more doesn't wear God down to say yes to my request. Anybody ever had a kid that wanted to spend the night with someone else? He's like, please, 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 please. You're like, fine. In fact, that's probably easier. Yes, go, go spend the night with someone else. It's more when they're asking you, can they come spend the night? And you know, you don't want those brats at your house. But we've got some friends, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not really. It's not about wearing God down, but it will calibrate my heart toward his request for me. 
Do you know that when I pray and I become more consistent in prayer and I strengthen that muscle in my life of just talking to God every day without feeling the legalism behind it, it, it calibrates my heart towards what he wants. When's the last time you've prayed the prayer, God, what are you requesting of me? There's a whole lot of prayer that we do of requesting of God, asking God. Okay, God, what is it that you're asking of me? Truth be told, some of us got into this Christian thing because we thought that maybe God could give us what we were really looking for. And really, Jesus invites us into this Christ walk, not just to give us what we're looking for, but for us to give him what he's looking for. Jesus himself dealt with this in the Garden of Gethsemane in all of his humanity, yet truly being the son of God, still completely divine, completely human. He's feeling the power and the pressure and the weight of all of the sin of the entire world becoming onto his human frame to the point where he's praying and he is physiologically burdened because he's beginning to sweat droplets of blood and he's praying and he is burdened and it's more than I can bear, he says to the disciples. Can you just pray for, with me for an hour? I feel lonely. Why does he feel this way? Never before had he felt what it felt like to have the hand of God lifting off of the sun. But because he was completely forsaken so we could be forgiven, God would lift his hand off of his son so that his son could take on the entire sin of the world to be the entire sacrifice for humanity. And he's feeling it in the garden. Why does he begin to feel it in the garden and not just when he's pinned on the cross? Because when you're pinned on the cross, you don't have a choice anymore. You're, gonna be, you're, 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 you're done. You've made the decision. So now before he even chooses the cross, he still, he could have gone through the back door of the garden. He could have snuck out while the disciples were sleeping, but because he loved you so much and because he is, his request, his heart needed to be calibrated towards his father's heart and not just his own humanity. He says, not my will, not my request, but your will be done. This is what prayer does. It calibrates my heart towards his requests for me. So what does prayer look like as part of the armor? Um, you know, how, how do we, how do we um, apply this with handlebars practically? And here's what I want to say. I'm going to give you a few things, and then we're going to have two prayers at the end of this message. And the first prayer is this. The first prayer is for those of us in the room and in our rooms, online is included, the truth be told, right now, you're sensing that you're not exactly where you need to be with God. And it's not that, that, uh, it's not that you've just like stiff-armed him. It's just maybe you've drifted or you've never invited him to sit on the throne of your heart. If there's a, if there's a king on your throne, it's you. And the first prayer we're going to pray at the end of today is that maybe it's time to dethrone self and invite Jesus to be your true king. I'll lead you in that kind of prayer, if that's you, a little later. Then the second prayer, I'm gonna show us how to pray the armor of God, how to put on the armor of God. And I'm gonna encourage you that every day this week, put on one little step at a time the armor. And we're gonna practice that. We're gonna have a laboratory at our locations. We're gonna practice putting on the armor of God, and we'll do it for three to five minutes. I'm gonna show you how. Dads, single parent. God doesn't want to slap you in the face with a belt if you've not been praying. But he does wanna urge you, encourage you. Pray for your family. And I wanna show you how at the end of today's message. The Apostle Paul shows us how to pray in that final culmination of the armor. He says, okay, you're going to take all this, shield the face, sword of the spirit, breastplate of righteousness, all this, put it on, and here's what you do. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There are five components of prayer right in that one little scripture. Here they are. Let me give you five of them. First one is this. It's the frequency of prayer. We see 
we see there's a frequency about prayer. Look, look what it says. And pray on what? On all, on all occasions. Pray on Sundays. Pray at the meal. Pray when your Dallas Cowboys are, you know, not looking good, which really increases a whole lot of prayer life every year. <laughs> pray on all occasions. There is never a moment in your life where prayer would be inappropriate. There's never a moment, there's never an emotion, there's never a situation that you should not invite God into that moment. Every single thing in my life is something I can talk to God about. Every single thing in my life, from my public life to my private life, to my thought life, to my financial life to my physical life, to my relational life. There's not a single thing in my life that I shouldn't talk to God about. But, but when, I, when I think about that, I gotta avoid the landmine of legalism and understand that it's not about a prayer list, that I just make a list of all those things. It's about a prayer life. It's simply about living a life that is marked by prayer. What does that look like? Well, let's continue. Because now we see, number two, the variety of prayer. The apostle Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, all kinds. It can look different. It can sound different. It can be different. All kinds of prayers and requests. Let me just give you a few. There are times where you can pray in public, but there's also opportunities where you should pray in private. There's times where your prayer will be verbal where you're using actual words out loud and the vocal cords are producing and then there are times where they're simply in Jesus' name, amen. Like Hannah who wanted a son who's ignored by her husband, who Eli comes out of the temple and sees her praying. She, he thinks she's drunk, but she's just sitting there her mouth is moving, but words aren't coming out because she's just so desperate. She doesn't even really have the words to say out loud. She has these silent prayers. God, would you give me a son? And God hears her prayers, whether they're verbal or silent. They can be loud. They can be soft. The level of decibel doesn't mean that God all of a sudden answers your prayers more quickly. But you grew up that way and I grew up that way too. Some of you did. Some of you didn't grow up that way. Um, others of you like prayer wells. That's it. Like, you know, and others of it, if you, if you didn't, if you weren't Jericho marching, did God even move? Okay. There's deliberate prayers where you know specifically what you're going to say. And then there's just spontaneous prayers that just come out of nowhere. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, God, help us. Oh, dear. Oh, dear Jesus. Oh, spirit. We don't even know. We just spontaneous prayer. There's planned prayer. There's unplanned prayer. There are please prayers and there are thank you prayers. Beyond that, there is prayer when I'm walking and there can be prayer when I'm running. Some of you are like, that's the only way I could run is if I was praying about it. I ain't gonna run anywhere. You don't see Jesus running anywhere. He was always walking. He was walking. He was never in a hurry. Why would you even be like the enemy and run anywhere? You can pray when you're walking. You can pray when you're running. You can pray when you're standing. You can pray when you're sitting. Ah, you can pray with your hands raised and surrendered to God. And you can, you can pray with your hands in your pockets. It's not all of a sudden like, well, I'd answer your prayer if you'd lift them up. You can pray with your eyes closed. And you can pray with your eyes wide open. The only reason we say heads bowed and eyes closed at the end of this service, and we'll do it again this Sunday, is just to give you some solitude, to give you some anonymity in the moment corporately, to be able to just have a time to meet personally with God with less distraction other than your own heart. 
There are prayers you can pray that are desperation prayers. God, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to say. Please, please, God, if you really are hearing me, will you do this? There's declaration prayers. I am who you say I am. I am going to trust you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to not lean on my own understanding. I am going to be full of the spirit today. I'm going to, I am going to, I am not only going to think about being loving and joyful and peaceful and patient. I am going to show that to this world. I declare that today. There is Warfare prayers where you got to pray over your kids. You got to pray over your spouse. You got to pray over your own heart. You got to say, Jesus, I'm not going to let this enemy get a foothold. I'm not going to let the sun go down on my anger. I'm not going to let that bitter root kind of raise up and become a tree that's going to produce poison in my life. And you got to pray those warfare prayers. And you got to also pray those prayers of victory. Knowing the enemy, spend a lot less time talking to the devil in your prayers. I know in some circles, devil, you will not. And devil, I dare, like, like, listen, he's defeated. He's done. You spend your time talking to the one who matters. The one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. And like lightning shot that devil out of, the, out of heaven. Said, there's going to be one God here. All dominion, all power, all majesty. Focus your prayers on him. You can write your prayers. You can sing your prayers. You can whisper your prayers. And you can shout and cry your prayers. And you can shout your prayers. But I'm just telling you, start somewhere with your prayer. Start somewhere. Just like, you know, I probably didn't preach like I preach now when I had my very first sermon at five years old. I preached my first sermon at five years old. My parents were the pastors of Monette Assembly of God. They were cleaning the back. Uh, they, they, were, they, they were the pastors, they were the bus drivers, they were the youth pastors, they were children's pastors, they were the custodians, they were cleaning it on Saturday. Back in the day when, the, when, when, when like it, like that was all they knew. And as they were cleaning the back, they kind of heard the sound system was left on in the auditorium there at Monette Assembly of God. And, and I, was on the, I was on the platform. I got in a microphone that had a nice, like, yellow sock on it. You, you remember those, you know, the big old puffy, you know, Muppet's head on there? And I had that microphone and I had that cord because back in the day, that's how you did it. You flipped that cord around like that. We were a good church. We didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't have all these nice fandangled wireless things, okay? Why well, we had a cord on everything. I'm flipping that cord, and here's, here's all I preached. My daddy hates the devil, and my mama hates the devil, and I hate the devil. But I love Jesus. Let's pray. That was my sermon. That's my sermon. I was just being a pair to what I had heard, right? Look, when you start praying and you wish you were praying like grandma used to pray, like, like it's just a muscle, you gotta work it out. Don't let the enemy lie to you and think that you, 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 ought, you ought not open your mouth. Just start, just start. I mean, think about the parents the first time their children say some kind of sound and everybody else is like, that's just murmuring. But they're like, did you hear that? That was dada. That was, no, that was, Wah. that's all it was. Wah. Like that was dada. I want you to envision that God is so, he loves you so much. Just start. He's like, oh, did you hear? Did you hear? They're saying my name. They're saying my name. Talk to me. What am I trying to say? You can pray every kind of prayer expressive of every emotional attitude of every kind of thinking for every kind of circumstance. In every way, at any time, in any place, anyone. So start praying. Put on the armor of God with prayer. We see the third piece and we see the manner of prayer, like the disposition of prayer. We, we see it right here. It says, with this in mind. He's not just talking about with prayer in mind. He's talking about all the armor of God. Truth, righteousness, shield of faith, sword of the spirit. With all these in mind, okay, here's what we do. Be alert 
and always keep on praying. So there's that consistency and frequency, but the disposition of a Christ follower is alertness. When you're on high alert, you're noticing things you wouldn't normally notice. I heard a dad pun, dad joke the other day. The guy was saying it like this. He said, uh, he said um, you, ever, um, <clears throat> you ever see somebody waving at you and you don't know if they're waving at you or they're waving at the person behind you? Yeah. In other news, I lost my lifeguard job today. <laughs> Help. So... Um, <laughs> You got to be alert. <laughs> if you're going to be a lifeguard, you got to be alert. I guess that's the tie-in. I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe I need to get back to, I hate the devil. Maybe I just need to get back to that. I don't know. Be alert, aware, in tune, in touch. Be sensitive. When you're walking in, there's, there's an alertness to you. Don't be numb to the opportunities that God wants to bring your way to encourage people. Be alert and always keep on praying. Number four is the direction of our prayer. So we've got frequency and we've got um, the, the, the variety. We've got the manner. We've now got this direction of our prayers. Like what, what direction should we do it? And look at this very important piece. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Many times we can get in a rut of just praying about us. And part of our prayer life suffers because your prayer life isn't designed for just you. It's okay for you to pray about you. It's okay. You ought to pray about you. But for all the Lord's people, for all the Lord's people, um, there are people you know. Listen to me close, Nacogdoches. Listen to me, broadcast. There are people you know by name. Nobody is praying for them. They don't have a dad and a mom like I have. They don't have the friends that I have. And you will never lock eyes with someone who doesn't deeply matter to the God of the universe, your heavenly Father, be alert. Be alert. There's a little trick. I say trick. That's not even the right word. There's just, there's a little, um, there's just a little system that I use. And I would say I score about a nine out of 10 on it. I don't do it all the time. Depending on if, if the group is big and if I'm with a crowd of people or something or, you know, it, it, there, there's, I, I don't make it legalistic but I try to do it as much as possible. And, and it's this, um, especially when it's just my family or it's just a couple of us. Years ago, I felt the Lord laid on my heart that I did not wanna just pastor a church. I wanted to, I wanted to pastor a region that God was calling in, in us the capacity to pastor people way beyond the four walls of Timber Creek Church. and that. The same way Sarah was pregnant at 90, that at 90 years old, we would birth more and more campuses. And now by the time we turn 100, we are, we are committed to birthing more locations and birthing more leaders that will help people find and follow him. But God gave me kind of a heart to be the pastor over waiters and waitresses and to get to know. Jana and I, we enjoy eating out. Um, it, it's a really good hobby of mine. I do a really good job at it. And uh, when we go out to eat, like I said, I, I don't score a, I don't bat a thousand, but I, but I usually, when I receive the meal, I don't make it weird. I don't make it clunky. It's pretty simple, okay? I say, hey, we're gonna pray for our food in a minute. And when we do, uh, is there anything we can pray for you and your family about? Now, I would say in that same ratio, 90% of the time, they say, oh, wow. Yesterday, 
was at a place just down the road. And I asked my server what I could pray with her or her family about. And she said, oh, wow. Oh, you're going to get me to, I'm going to start crying. Her eyes welled up and she said, my grandma is so sick. Her name's Ernestine. I said, oh, she, yeah, she's been in the hospital. She just got out, but she's really, it's, it's, it's hit or miss. So, oh my goodness, I know that's got, that's got to be a lot. And here you're trying to serve everybody and you just wish you could be there close to grandma, huh? I said, we will pray. And I don't say, well, come and bow with us right now. Like, I don't put her on the spot. I say, thank you. We will do that when we pray. And she walks off and we pray. We pray over Ernestine and we pray that this moment would be an encouragement that she knows that somebody loves her, that you love her more than anybody could ever love her. Simple. Hey, we're gonna pray for our meal in a moment. When we do, is there anything we could pray for you or your family about? And just see what God does. Years ago, uh, we were eating at a restaurant in Dybal, Texas, called Los Cerritos. And the server came up to our table and said, anything we could pray for you or your family about? And that same moment, she began to open up and there was some challenges she was facing. And, we prayed and we had our meal and, and don't ever do that if you're not gonna tip big. So help me God, you better say you're from a different church in Timber Creek. <laughs> so don't offer to pray if you're not offering a big old tip either. So we began to, we just love queso, you know, but like we would see Ceci and Ceci began to come to the church dedicated her life, got water baptized, went to encounter, serving on a dream team. She's made relationships that she didn't have. And I'm not trying to say that because it all came from, but it was a seed that created a connection that was just praying over meal. And this last Friday, Ceci's 16 year old brother was tragically killed in a car wreck, thrown from the car, moments later was in heaven. My wife got the call from Ceci. It just started with a little prayer. Janet rushed to the Nacogdoches Memorial Hospital and met them there and then Janet came over to the little home where Jerry, her brother, lives. When the mom got there, the mom went straight to the room and um, and and prayed in a way that a lot of parents should never have to pray. Don't underestimate the power of just locking eyes with someone. The prayer didn't change the trajectory of the horror of this weekend. But it did create a group of people that would gather around that family when all hell broke loose. Pray for all the Lord's people. Question, if God answered all my prayers, would my prayers change the world or just change me? Number five, the partnership of prayer. See, I can do a lot and make an impact. I can, I can. But when I have the right partners, I can make a multiplied impact. One horse can pull some, two horses can pull way more than just two. It's amazing how that partnership works. And look, look at what Paul says. All of that being said, here's what he says. Pray in the spirit. There's a partner you have in the Spirit of God that not only fills you up at salvation when Jesus breathes like he breathed on dirt and made humanity, he breathes on you at the moment of salvation and saves you from the inside out and you're saved. But do you know that there's also an opportunity for you to seek more and more of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, to be filled up and like immersed in the Holy Spirit to where there would be coming out of you living water for other people and for you. 
I invite you, seek, seek as much of Jesus as you can possibly seek. Say, Lord, if there's more of you, I want more. I want more of you. And you can pray in that spirit. The spirit that draws us towards him, that prays prayers, even in our groaning, scripture says, in the same way the spirit also comes to help us, weak as we are, we don't know how we ought to pray. The spirit himself pleads with God for us and groans that words cannot express. This was the kind of prayer Janet overheard in a home that was rattled and crushed. And God who sees into our hearts knows what the thought of the spirit is because the spirit pleads with God on behalf of his people and in accordance to his will. It helps us pray when we just have to go, oh God, oh God. And all, all we know is just to cry over something. We invite the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Not, ju not just because he's with us, but because there's an opportunity that we would have more and more of him that would flow out of us to align it with his will. So, as we conclude today, what, 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 is, what is getting dressed every day the right way look like? Okay, we've got those frequencies and then, and then it's, you know, all of these different pieces of the manner of prayer and the partnership. What is getting dressed every day really look like? So simple, so don't make it complicated. This is just one way. If you do it this way, and this is the only way, there we go with legalism again. It's gotta be exactly this. This is just one way. Let me give you one way. First, start by thanking him. Find something about him and thank him for it. So we would take a piece of the armor like, like the shield of faith and thank him that you are my shield and I, you, you are what my faith is tethered to. You thank him. Then you ask of him, ask of God, ask. In that same vein, as you are praying over the shield of faith, you would ask, Lord, would you increase my faith? Would you tether my faith to the right things? Would you build endurance um, in, in knowing you are who you say you are, even when I can't see it, you're working. And I trust and I have faith and Lord, strengthen my faith. And then what we tend to skip over in our prayer time is the listen part. Just listen to God. It's okay to be quiet and just have a walk and just say, Jesus, if you wanna say anything, I'm just gonna listen and just see what he says. See what he says. And then after that's confirmed with scripture, know it, believe it, walk with it. Actually, I forgot about that part because I added this in between services. Someone texted me a picture it was a Facebook post uh, in our channel of, at, at our staff. Someone was listening to the Holy Spirit in this process. They were listening to the Holy Spirit and uh, they are living in College Station, but they felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to them, you need to get water baptized. So this morning they drove to Lufkin, to the Lufkin location and McKaylee, the very first person who got water baptized today in our second service, she followed, listened to the Holy Spirit. Here, was, here, here it was. Michaela's a graduate from A&M, currently lives in College Station. She's been watching online, felt the Spirit pushing her to be water baptized. So she drove down just for this. What a heart to chase after God. Can you congratulate her for listening to the Holy Spirit? And then, no. And look, I made it simple. I love these things. That's just talking to God, just talk. Just talk to God, it's okay, just talk. He'll listen, and then you listen, and he'll talk. And so now it comes to our two prayers. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? All locations, online, right there, wherever you are. This is doing business with God. Listen to me, guys at Duncan, listen to me, Dieball. It's time, it's time. It's time to step off the throne and to invite Jesus to his rightful place, king of your life. And if that's you today, you say, I, I need that. I, I'm tired of being my own king. I'm tired of doing it my way and being my own authority. I, I don't even know what all this means, but I wanna start by just following him. If that's you in one of our rooms, would you just put a hand up in the air and then you can put it down.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am, in the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, sir, in the back. Thank you. Thank you, sweet girl. You can put your hands down. Jesus sees you. And in your own words, you can simply say it like this. Uh, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. And I want you to be over my life. Will you give me a fresh start today? I want to live for you. And I'm a little scared maybe because I don't even know what all that means. But thank you that you're not scared. And you received me today and I, I thank you for that. Thank you for taking me as I am, but not keeping me as I am. Help me to become more and more like you. In Jesus' name, that's our first prayer. And now I'm gonna invite Pastor Dan over the Nacogdoches campus to join me on the stage. And I'm gonna ask everybody to simply stand where you are, but stay where you are. This is not dismissal, but this is a moment of prayer. Pastor Dan is now gonna lead the Nacogdoches campus and we're unmerged and it's just us today. Um, and I wanna show you what this looks like. I wanna show you what simply thanking, asking, listening, and knowing looks like. So let's take this scripture. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So we're just gonna take this front part right here and we're gonna simply thank God for the belt of truth. And here's how we're gonna do it. In a corporate setting like this, okay, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna invite you to take a little step of faith and I'm gonna invite you to just heat the room up a little bit. And here's what this looks like. Here's what it looks like. It looks like us praying out loud. It doesn't mean praying loud or trying to be the loudest in the room. As a matter of fact, let's not do that today, okay? We're not gonna try and be in a, you know, in a competition who can pray the loudest. But there's something powerful, even all through scripture, where they would raise their voices in an anthem of prayer. There was a, there was a camaraderie in prayer. And so we're just gonna kind of, we're just gonna talk at a soft level, and I'm gonna encourage you to pray out loud and just feel that, I think it's gonna build some people's faith to hear people praying out loud, okay? It's okay, you don't have a lot of words, that's all right. If you have a lot of words, that's okay. But we're gonna pray out loud, all at the same level, okay, everybody? And I'm gonna lead you, all right? So here's how we're gonna pray, are you ready? So whether your eyes are open or closed, whether your hands are raised or in your pockets, we are gonna pray out loud to stretch that muscle, okay? Here, here, here we go. Let's just start by thanking Jesus that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Can you do that? Let's just thank him. Jesus, thank you that you are the truth, that we don't have to search for it and try and find it. And it's not found in, in this person or that person. It's not found in the cultural anomalies of the day. It's not found through government. It's not found through a certain kind of discipline. It's not found. It is you, your truth, your truth. If I find you, Jesus, I find truth. I find you, thank you. Thank you that you've shown us the way. You've not kept it a secret. You haven't made it some kind of code that we gotta figure out. There's no password. There's no open sesame. You like, you are truth. And so if I find you, I find truth. Thank you. Thank you for making it plain. Thank you that I don't have to earn the truth. I don't have to wrestle for the truth, but that you are truth. And if I find you, I have found the truth of life the way of life. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we're going to ask to put on the belt of truth, to put on truth, but here's how we're going to do it. We're going to ask for the belt of truth to be on our children and the next generation. Okay? If you don't have kiddos, you pray for yourself and for the next generation. All right? That's how we're going to pray. So we're gonna, we're, we're gonna pray that now, let's pray. Jesus, I pray 
Our children are bombarded from billboards to social media, from, from friends at school to, to um, friends online. Lord, they're bombarded with all kinds of ways that might seem good at the time, but then in the end, your scripture says, because your truth, it leads to death. And so God, I pray over, I pray over Sage and I pray over Graham and I, I pray that they would know the truth, that, that they are who you say they are and that they wouldn't find their identity in, in what someone has said or someone hasn't said. They, they wouldn't lose their identity based on something that's happened or a circumstance or a wound or a hurt. God, that they would know that they can run to you and you're faithful and you're just and you're good and, and you're holy and that you are the truth and if that they just find you and if they just lean into you that that's what they need and God I pray that for the whole next generation I pray that for the, for, for all the for, 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 for all of our kiddos God that are growing up in a society that's lost our equilibrium we don't know what's up and down there's a spiritual vertigo even inside the church there's challenges of knowing what truth is God may we come back to your word as the final authority the foundation the moral compass of every decision that we make and may we know that you are true so God would you speak truth into my heart would you speak truth into my kids hearts would you speak truth into the next generation would you tell them what you want to tell them would you say what you want to say that is truth for them would you do it Jesus Now, listen, I believe Jesus wants to speak to you a truth, either about you or your kids. He wants to encourage you. His truth is gonna lift you up. It's not gonna tear you down. He's gonna build you up in this moment. He wants to edify you. He wants to strengthen you. What truth does Jesus wanna remind you of today? Think about it. Listen. Okay, eyes on, eyes up here. If you don't, if you don't mind now. Okay, um, just just by a raise of hands, how many of you would say, Man, in that moment, I kind of felt like Jesus would just give me a, just encourage me in that moment. You said that. It just gave me a word, just encouraged me. Yeah. Keep, keep it up for a second. Just keep it up for a second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Okay. So, um, Jolene, what was, in, a, in, a, in just a state, what did Jesus speak that was truth to you? What was it? Just that one statement. I'm going to be with my nieces and nephews and he has called me to be light to them you you are going to be that light to them know that know that you don't have to be perfect to them because that's Jesus otherwise you'd be the light you're just bringing the light to them Chandler what did Jesus say you are enough. Now you are not enough if it's just you. But if you try to build your life beyond me, okay, me and you, you're enough. If all you got is me, you're enough, Chandler. You're enough. Who else over here? Whoever else? Uh, Sergio, what did Jesus say to you? What was that? Hmm? He loves me. And how many people don't live with that truth? They think Jesus is mad at them. He loves you. So now what do we do? Now, now, we know it. Know it. And know it deep down. Know it deep down that you're enough. Because he says you're enough that he loves you with an unfailing love. 
that he's perfect so you don't have to be and you can bring the light. And even though you're gonna celebrate and have some cake and do what you do on Father's Day, you can still just with a tiny little seed and a tiny little pat and a tiny little encouragement, you can be the light to your family. Know it, walk in it, believe it. Let it be settled in your heart. Now, last thing. Cody, uh, stop. Feels more comfortable, doesn't it, when there's the piano playing? Feels more Sunday morning, you know? Feels easier, okay? There's something about setting the atmosphere in your home and setting the atmosphere of prayer. There's something about it. But you ain't gonna always have Cody in the back giving you the Jurassic Park theme song. Go ahead. No, don't, don't. Just, just give me that. Just, see? Set the tone in your home. Set the tone in your heart. Music or no music. Running or walking. Jesus will meet you. Monday through Saturday. Pray in the spirit, all occasions, all kinds of requests. Be alert. Pray for all the Lord's people. Know it and live it. Amen, everybody. God bless you. Happy Father's Day.